started uh, shouting in my ear that recording's in progress. <laughs> so, welcome to the Sundog Social Podcast. It is another very intimate one this month. I am not joined by a co-host or a producer, uh, but I am joined <laughs> by a fantastic guest. Uh, this month, we have the pleasure of sitting down and talking to the multi-award winning songwriter, musician, Richard Jupp. Uh, more notably known as the co-founder and former drummer of British rock band Elbow. Rick, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. How are you? That was that was a glorious intro. Was that I good? Did you like that? I loved it. Oh, yeah. Getting getting, uh, getting uh, tingles. It's like being back in the game. <laughs> I, try, I, try, not, I try and make sure... Not on sure the game. In the game. Not on the game, Sorry. in the game, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try and make sure I have a nice little rounded off intro for the person, whoever I'm into. Like, just give that little pizzazz at the start. Oh, mate, honestly, honestly, it's, uh, it, it's yeah, it's, uh, it's TV worthy, that. Oh, I appreciate it. I'll be taking Oprah's job next week. <laughs> <laughs> right, so obviously the first thing we've got to talk about, the elephant in the room, we have to get through this bit we definitely and i do want to talk about it but i've got other things that i desperately want to talk about as well but the first thing we've got to talk about obviously is your involvement with elbow i know you've probably been asked the same questions a million times times, yeah yeah about about (laughs) it so i did try and go in a slightly different route and ask the questions that i think i'd want to hear if i was in your position not the sort of um you know what's your biggest generic kind of yeah, yeah 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 Yeah. But the the thing that I was most interested to know about first was so obviously you guys sort of got together in nineteen well early nineties, um, not to make you feel too old. <laughs> but, um, so and then you obviously by like the late nineties you were officially known as Elbow. I think you were called yeah. Soft before, weren't you? Oof. Yeah. With it, is that a throwback? <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, I'm gonna get. Yeah, it's like sort of being slapped, but it's okay. fine. It's all right. It's good. It's good. I, I will mention that again then. But I, I was doing my research. I was like, oh, soft, and then they changed it to elbow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Most beautiful word in the English language. I think that was the reason you changed it. According to uh, the singing detective, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. Uh, it was. It, it. How it feels in your mouth to say because you are, you fully enunciate the word. Mm. You can't. You can't sort of um, shorten it, or, or, or you know, you, you, it's E L B O W. You know what I mean? You have to, you have to sort of mm. say the whole thing if that makes sense. I like it. Um, very artsy. <laughs> it is. It is. It's. Uh, it, it's really. There's, there's several different uh, stories about how we, we we sort of came on the name, but it was literally just we put a load of. Um, uh, rubbish names or, or, or idiotic ideas um, on, a, on, on a wall, very, very drunk one night. Um, As always. Night, pretty, As it always pretty much all night, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think Guy just threw, literally threw a dart. And it was kind of like, well, you know, cow puncher was the nearest one. I think it landed on it. It was like, well, we can't have that. But, well, elbow, elbow, elbow. Yeah, fuck it. We've been at this for like, <laughs> you know, eight hours. Yeah. And nobody can see anymore. So, yeah, just put that one elbow. Right, okay. Um, what story can we make up around that? But, you you know, you, you obviously get... Um, you have to get the piss taken. Whatever your name is, you know what I mean? The Killers. It's like, yeah. well, what? Um, you too. What? Mm. Um, I think if you say any kind of word or, or anything, enough times it sounds daft. So, you know... Um, 
Yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it's a good one. It was very, 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 very pistol beating. So yeah, I'm glad it wasn't soft though that that carried on because we were Mister Soft before that. Yes, I did uh, know about that as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just you know proper pants down now. It's a podcast, isn't it? Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, Mister Soft, and then uh, we had the, the 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 lightning bolt that was the idea of shortening it to soft. To soft. <laughs> Genius. Just getting flaccid. That's all I'm hearing is flaccid. <laughs> flaccid. <laughs> and which, you know, it's kind of good you moved away from that towards elbow. You were kind of, like you said, someone will take the piss out of your name no matter what. And I guarantee you yeah. someone would have gone flaccid. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, knee. You think, yeah, knee. Great. Anything. Can you do better than that? You know, I can think of better things to take, to take the piss out of. But I think. It's one of them, in it? I think we were, at the time, we were trying to, 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 to write to order. You know what I mean? Trying to write a three-minute single as was. Obviously, it's, the whole industry has changed now. I mean, it changed sort of, it changes every five minutes, doesn't it? But, mm. you know, the field of play, um, and I'm trying to say this, I'm trying to catch up with you guys, do you know what I mean? Um, in terms of, how can I be a session artist? How can I be a, a drum teacher? How can I be, you know, signed? What does it mean to be signed? You know what I mean? How do we, we what the logistics are going on tour? And you just think, well, don't know. Do it yourself. Yeah. That's all I say. Um, it's just, just trying to do as much as you can yourself. And, and I think that's what we were. Well, it was always governed by what, what we wanted to do and the amount of work that we put into it. I think we were quite lucky. In hindsight, I think, you know, when I, when I left, it gave, I'm still processing the whole fucking thing, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, That's it, fine. It's so, so huge um, in the, you know, five idiots from Berry, you know, a little satellite mill town near Manchester did what we did without any radio play. Mm. without any hits do you know what I mean so it's it, it's it's still a biggie to, to sort of process um, but then it's Tuesday isn't it it's fucking you know I've just had my tea and you know the nicest thing about today is sitting down and, and looking forward to chatting to you because we've been trying to organise it for so long so you know it's all relative it's all <laughs> yeah. it's all <laughs> you know it is it um, is it is Most that's the short answer that's the you, you might have guessed I do, I do crap on yeah, no, no, that's perfect. That is that is perfect. Funnily enough, tying into that, I also have the tendency to go on and sort of tangent as well. But the thing I actually wanted to ask you about was the, the thing that I've I've thought about a lot, regardless of this interview, is with the nineties music scene in the UK, because you had stuff like Manchester and you had obviously Britpop and Trip Hop that was blowing up down in Bristol and, and all that stuff. But in so I've always found that interesting with the UK that there was it was just a it was sort of a bit like a a, a jungle. Like people were just everyone was doing all different kinds of music and seeing what stuck basically. Mm-hmm. But with with you guys your sound was very there's obviously there's so many different elements to it but there's like very like post-rock type things and like ambient and cinematic and lots of spoken word type feels as well and that doesn't really 
fit in with a lot of what was going on in the 90s and early 2000s per se. And so how did how did you find yourself fitting in with that? And were you sort of creating and writing in your own vacuum and trying to be like, let's shut off everything else and make our own shit? Or how did it how did it happen for you guys? That's probably the best question I've ever been asked. <laughs> um, and it's really interesting because when you're in a band, generally there's no objective viewpoint apart mm. from your mates or family um, who can say, oh, I like that one. That's good. That's dead catchy. Or, you know, obviously, oh God, there's like there's like seven different tangents going on here in my head. Um, it's fine, it's fine, it's all to answer your, To answer your question, there was, there was, there was a, a, a bit of a chess game going on. We wanted to work in, in Manchester, we wanted to be in Manchester, but not just, you know, be in Manchester. Mm. We wanted to work, we wanted to see the underbelly. And we've we've actually done that in every city that we've ever visited. We've, we've always gone off to see, you know, how to walk around and try to get a sense of all these places mm. that we've visited. Um, you know, because you, you've got a very limited amount of time when you're on tour. But uh, in terms of um, getting into the the sort of inner workings of, of Manchester, you know, the big metropolis, once we once we kind of played Berry and pubs and small clubs obviously you need to step up. So there was a hunger there. And I think, you know, Guy led the, led the charge. He was a bit of a pathfinder in, in going into town and making himself known. So, you know, I say this to students who want to do session work. It's like, well, it's word of mouth. It's who you know. It's fuck all to do with anything else. That's a gen- sweeping generalisation, but, but, you know, yeah. you have to be good at what you do. But, you can't bullshit a bullshitter because mm. everybody else who's done sessions has done exactly the same. They've, yep. they've, they've, <laughs> they've done their homework. They know what they're doing, but I'd say a good 90% of the time, it's who you are mm. and who you know. Same as now, you know, we want work doing in the house. I'm not going to go into fucking the back of the paper and pin a tail on the donkey and go, we'll get that person to do the bricking. Mm. or get that person to, to do that. You do have recommendations, don't you? Mm. So, right, in, in, going back to it, Guy went into Manchester purposely to, to, to Pathfind. Right. You know, so he went into a place called Night and Day, and we did a little bit of research. Night and Day is a place. So, what, 150 cap, 200 cap, that's your first point of port of call. And it's next to a place called Dry Bar, and it's kind of, it's near to this jazz bar called, uh, it's called Matt and Fred's now, but it was, fuck, I always forget this, PJ Bells, it was called. Cool. Um, and it was a bit of a rough, the northern quarter was a bit rough back then. Anyway, so a guy sort of got into, into night and day and hung around being all, you know, laconic and um, avant-garde mm. and cool, you know, uh, sipping on a, a, th- a four-hour coffee. Kind of thing, <laughs> reading books um, yeah. and, and, and shit like that. So, but he was being seen, and anybody you spoke to he was, you know, he was I'm in a band, and, you know, and everybody was like, well, it gives a shit. Everybody's in a fucking band in Manchester, um, and they still are. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was about trying to find your USP again, mm-hmm. something that will that will pick you out. 
So he then got a, a job at the Roadhouse, which was a, a, an amazing place. Uh, it's where I met my, my wife, Sarah, um, at one of the club nights there, which was fucking phenomenal. 200 cap, but you get 250 in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of those kind of places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit seedy. It's seedy. Fucking <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was seedy. It invented the the, the 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 word. So that was a proving ground. So mm. again, that 250, 200, 150 cap kind of places, that's your first gig, that's your support. Mm. Then, you know, that sort of gets you into that. Uh, we saw... Uh, a guy got a job there, then Pete got a job there, then I got a job there. So working on the bar, kind of taking over really, and this is where we got to know all these characters. And again, the web was there. So, you know, he knew us as we were in a band and we were. it was a bit weird. It wasn't a typical blur oasis. We weren't sort of trying to do that because we couldn't do that. Mm. As mentioned before, when we were soft, we were trying to write singles. And it was shit. Yeah? yeah. And then we thought, well, fuck it. Well, we may as well not do it. <laughs> yeah. And then I think Guy Guy brought in uh, Talk Talk. And us being very different people, mm. listening to very different uh, music, that's one of the one things that we bonded on, Talk Talk. And when, you, when, you, when you're thinking about Spirit of Eden, which is seven-minute, you know, landscapes, yeah. uh, paint, you know, aural paintings that you yeah, just yeah, yeah. disappear into. And it was like... Fucking hell, we want to do that. I want to do that. So uh, Lee Harris, um, amazing drummer, just creating space. That was a real influence on me. So that was it. It was getting into town. It was getting into the metropolis, but it, but getting into the underbelly. Mm. And I think that that served us. That's what made it for us, really. Um, plus the want to get to get on. Mm. You know what I mean? Again, that's another four minute answer for you. Yeah. There's a lot of no, editing to be done here. But no, it's, it's, it, it's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's, it's funny because you're saying obviously about Talk Talk and obviously Mogwai were a thing then as well. Oh, had, I mean... I mean, what can you say about Mogwai? Um, I'm, a, I'm a massive post-rock fan as well. Um, it's sort of like the my little child on the side that I always go back to and fall asleep to sort of thing. And and, and I, I always hear those similarities of post-rock in in what elbow are doing. So it's, it's funny that you sort of say that you went, that's it. That's what we want to do. After, after you sort of decided where you wanted to go with it, did you then go, right, let's ignore everything else that's going on in Manchester at the moment and focus um, on our sound or were you trying to bring in as much as you could? I think, um, because that was actually the question that you you asked. In terms of knowing what we didn't want to do, that was really informative, and we didn't want to be like anybody else. Um, Everybody was trying to be something else, and I think we were trying really fucking hard to not be anybody else. Um, But, of course, you're going to buy subliminal, osmotic, Mm. whatever, you know, because we were more interested in the logistics of it, of Mm. being in a band. How does that work? How does the infrastructure work? Um, And seeing bands like Coldplay, like Muse, come through the Roadhouse on their first tours, Mm. 
and then seeing them on the second tours and then seeing that they were playing actually and know they were going to they were going to jump up to the slightly bigger venues or the or the bigger bigger venues you know and it was like okay so we're influenced by how we can make it different how we can make the live experience different um that i think was it could have been either really clever or really stupid mm-hmm. and luckily it was i think it was quite clever it's a pretty good decision that you made, I guess. <laughs> it's fared you well Thankfully. for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I think it's, it, it's, it sort of, it has served us in good stead. And I think on reflection, it's, it's quite nice to be able to give that back to the students. And I know that I don't want that to sound in any way cheesy or cliched, but it's, so do fucking something different. Mm. Don't do what everybody else is doing because it's, you just, you know, you dilute in the gene pool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How many more vocoder, autotune um, vocals can you hear? Mm. You know what I mean? How many, how many sort of halftime breakdowns can you hear? Yeah. I mean, they're still working, so fuck it, yeah. But, You've got to pick and choose and have elements of stuff that, that you know work. Mm. But at the same time, do it on your own. Do something different, mm. you know? Because the thing is, is that there's no money around. Nobody's going to go, there you go, we're going to sign you for 100 grand and we're also going to get you publishing for 100 grand. Mm. Then you're going to have a manager to sort that out, logistics. There's, there's no development. There's no, there's no help. <laughs> no, it's just like, have you got the numbers? Right, you've got 10,000 followers, great. Okay, uh, well, we'll just send you out. Um, yeah. There's a bit of tour support. You can support somebody else. Do you know what I mean? It's not, nobody, even at, even at, you know, we've had chats, even at um, uni, you don't get taught specifically how to do your accounts, no. how to wrap a fucking lead, how to look after your gear, how to budget how to yeah. talk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, definitely. This this needs to happen because, you know, you don't just walk out. If, you know yourself. Seven years ago, you walked out, and I, I don't know whether it was like, blur, you know, blinking into the sunlight and go, I've got my degree, everyone. Yeah. It was, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> You're so right in terms of that, I mean, how the industry is now, obviously, is it's 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 almost the point. I mean, actually, in the last interview that I've just been editing, um, the same conversation where it's like, God, are we even just beating a dead horse in this conversation now about God? The industry is this, and the industry is that, and mm. it's it's not like it used to be, but it's it's so important to understand that and understand why it's like that. And and like you say, when you come out of sort of like higher education doing this stuff um well you know I, I i can't thank lipper enough for what it did teach me yeah. um yeah. amazing tutors and honestly more real life skills outside of the classroom from those tutors that's the key i think that that's why i like i love um being there and teaching there because there's there is the want the want is inherent in in every student and every tutor that is there and it's not to say that anywhere else is is 
is is not is not good in any way. Mm. But I think you know there is definitely a difference um, with Lipper, most definitely. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you know, we can sit and slag the industry off, or you know, we can do it differently. We can yeah. do it ourselves, and you know, especially with the um, the streaming. Uh, debacle, um, the, the the parliamentary inquiry, mm. and seeing the heads of all the major labels go, well, we do seem to be doing all right. Aren't we? Yeah. We're, we're we're fine. We're the ones taking the risk, and it's like, well, may not, no, because not the the amounts that you're talking about are so fuck all to yeah. you. It's not a risk, and it's a tax write off or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but more than likely. Kind of, some kind of uh, it, you know um, fantastical accounting will will surely scrub that off the list. Um, and when you're talking about somebody who might not just have it yet, mm. but in a year, who is supported and said, right, you, there's you know twenty five grand, thirty grand. You don't have to work, you know. I mean, you can work. Mm. You can do, you know, that because it's good. <laughs> it's good yeah. for you. It's good. It's good yeah, practice. Yeah. You know, the coffee shop, the, the the shift work, so that you're able to able to rehearse or write. Mm. Um, but do it yourself. Learn logic. Learn how to record. Learn how to record in your bedroom. Learn how to record in a studio. Mm. I mean, again, it's fucking sweeping generalisation, mm. but. At the end of the day, it's it's the skills, isn't it? it yeah. Uh, well, like most definitely, and like like you said before as well about it's about who you know, and you know, not to ig- ignore the what you know elements of it because it is so important. Um, like like myself through lockdown, I found I was I was sat there and I said I can't just sit here for this unknown amount of time not getting paid not getting any gigs i need to learn some new trades so i learned how to use pro tools and and premiere and indesign and then we did we started sundog and i was like let's do something to get that motivation into all the creatives you've been sat on their ass for a year and a half feeling depressed and considering giving up music it's like take take this opportunity now to to refine yourself, not just as a musician, but as an enterprise, as a business for yourself. That's a business, yeah. Um, yeah. And then combine that with the who you know. You've networked this whole time whilst you've been in uni. Put those two things together and you've, you've got yourself a product. And then it's just about selling it. Well, this is it, it you know, and uh, I mean, it's, it's the one, isn't it? Mm. It, uh, again, you know, I, I talk about it all the time. Um, you know, it's just if you want to do it, you will, and you'll find a way. Mm. And as, as 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 sweeping as that sounds, again, it 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 is. Um, you know, there's things that I I look back on and I think, fucking hell, that. How do we get away with that? You know the, the 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 chance meetings and and the fact that you know there, there was a, um, a a gig in at the Roadhouse before we were 
anything. We all bonded over this band called G Love and Special Source. And they were we found out they were playing American band uh, and they were playing in at the Roadhouse. Mm. And I think I don't know whether Guy uh, no, Guy he, he not he not started working out. I think this was when the ball started rolling. And he he you know, again, don't bullshit, bullshit. Um, mm. And he rang from night and day because he was like, right, this is going to be my office. I'm just going to hang out and be around. And he rang John, the owner of the Roadhouse, and said, hi, John. Um, yeah, um, we're in a band called uh, Elbow, and uh, we were just wondering if there's any um, any chance we can get some, uh, uh, some some guest list places for the the um, uh, the show tonight for mm. G Love and Special Sauce. And John being just fucking on it he went guy at elbow oh my god we never we played a fucking gig outside berry he went mike is right okay uh yeah so how many how many uh, are there of you and guy was like oh right well uh there's uh there's seven of us because mm. uh, we'd like to take a couple of a uh, couple of our crew yeah <laughs> and John was there, obviously like that, down the phone, going, what "Fuck is this?" And he's like, "Okay, so um, what time shall I send the car around for you?" And guy was like, "Oh fuck, okay, all right, all right." Yeah. And John was like, "Look, you've got you've got the stones, man." So I think he had he had um, I don't know whether he gave us gave us tickets or not. I can't remember, but you know, it would have been nice to think that he, yeah. he did. Uh, or he gave us a couple of freebies, but I think that it was quite endearing that he, he tried to mm. get one over on the, on a, a club owner uh, in Manchester. So, but if you don't if you don't take that sort of risk, even if it is mm-hmm. a sort of ballsy and borderline delusional risk, then you'll never you'll <laughs> never know. Totally. You'll never know. Do you know what I mean? You totally. have to. You have to. Sometimes you have to walk with bigger balls than you actually do and pretend you're bigger and better than everybody else. And that you go, this is the reason why you're hiring me. You know, yeah, why you want exactly. not, not but then, but then you, you do have to, you know, um, there, there was a, um, somebody that we knew it was, um, uh, we'll coin the phrase hype beast. Yeah. So if they had all the, all, well, all the gear and no idea, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like, okay, right, well, you do need to have someone to back it up. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, thankfully, it, 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 it seemed that we did. Mm. Um, or people saw it in us. Um, but again, it's it, it's that you play to one person. You know, I had it the other day with uh, with an observation um, mm. for, for, for my um, uh, CPD. And it was like, Okay, um, and it was diploma because all the degree lot have finished now, mm. but it's a diploma lot, <laughs> and they've finished. They've all finished their their assessments. They're, they're done. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like these last sort of four or five weeks that they 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 have to kind of complete. And I had this this observation. One student came on came in, and I was just like, because I've got my lesson plan done. I was totally comfortable. And it was great, you know, did it, and it was fun. Um, but I just had to, I had to have a little bit of a chuckle because it was like, you know, shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you know who I am? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then inside it's like, yeah, I do, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it, it's like nobody gives a shit. 
Uh, and this one guy turned up, and we had a, you know, we had a great time. Uh, and he got a, a free hour and a half of, of like one-to-one in, intensive sort of facilitating of his education. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's it, it's kind of as you can probably tell, it's still masses to sort of process out of yeah. all this uh, this kind of thing. But um, I think essentially, it, it, in terms of the industry thing. It's like you say, you know, the pandemic has, has kind of chopped the legs off the industry. Mm. Well, it's it's just some... completely gutted it. You're losing so it's... many live venues and it, it's appalling what the state that the, the live music scene is in the UK alone. And you've got, I mean, we are, that's our sort of one, if not the biggest export yep. uh, that we are known for, respected for around the world. That sort of uh, creative um, output and inclusivity, uh, which goes against everything that the political klaxon goes off that we won't spend any time on. But yeah. it's just like we all know, fuck, <laughs> what are you doing? Mm. It's, you know, it's between four and six billion pounds a year that insane. creative industries bring into the country. Yeah. Why are we not being supported? Why is there not a system in place where people who are self-employed can go, I'm fucked, I need some help? Yeah. Other than just universal credit, borderline, like base level sort of, you know, it's, it's um, I mean, it's something that enrages me on a daily basis, as I'm sure it does you, the sort of political situation with the live art scene. And in the UK, we are recognised creatively, not just in music, but in acting and comedy as as the best we're the we're the best at doing that sort of stuff and for the people who are running the country to sort of just go yeah well you should probably just go and retrain though at the end of the day you probably just go that was just, just go, beautiful like, wasn't it? That, laughable was wasn't it like, it was wow you've got some fucking balls on you yeah yeah it was like something from a private eye sort of um exactly it, it was wasn't real. It was a it was a Coleman balls. I used to always my dad used to get. Yeah. I used to always read Coleman balls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, you know, sorry, sorry. I thought you said that you said you asked me to retrain. Yeah. Oh, you did. You did. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fine. No worries. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna sort of let's uh, divert yeah. a little bit so we don't end up uh, literally <laughs> raging, tearing our eyes out. You as a drummer and what you did in Elbow, because I, I know that you had obviously a lot of songwriting influence on what happened with uh, with the music. But when I listen to your style of drumming as a drummer myself, like I say, I get the post rock thing, but you also incorporate lots of really sort of uh, as a drummer, you'll get this Jojo Mayer esque sort of sounds with what you're doing with cymbals and toms and things like that um for the for people who aren't drummers uh mm. you you're very creative in terms of where things should be placed in a groove it's and like you said about giving space it's it's very i've used this word every bloody interview but i want to say it again <laughs> considered it's considered uh, it's my i think it's my word of the year is considered um, i like it but with, with that in terms of the songwriting for Elbow, did you kind of just sit down and go, 
I'm just going to play whatever feels right? Or were you kind of spending a lot of your time intrinsically listening to the other members in the band and sort of really picking up on the nuances of like a vocal melody or a riff? Because it sounds very musical with your your playing style. It's not rhythmic, it's musical. I think um, it's, it, it, it's both and all and none. Mm. And everything. <laughs> it, it, it's again in this sort of sort of processing area that I'm still in. I didn't. We didn't know what we were doing. Mm. There was no objectivity, and I mean that with all ignorance and naivety. And you know, of course we did to a certain extent. But mm. it, in terms of trying to be perceived as something, an entity. I don't think we thought that far. I think in terms of the drumming, um, because we were a kind of um, a collective in Mm. terms of it wasn't me responsible for the drums, pop for the guitar, guy for the vocals. It was very much, you know, the the only thing the guy was responsible for solely was the lyrics. Hmm. But in saying that, it was it was continually um, uh, um, sort of we were all involved in the process of refining those lyrics. Yeah, what content control. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, he said, put the tabard and a little hat on. It yeah. Was, it was all content control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the conveyor belt as it goes past. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I doubt that. That's yeah. Um, so in terms of the drums, it was, uh, again, this sort of osmotic because, you know, this sort of thing that was just, it grew mm. and there was no set way of writing or recording. Mm. There wasn't like a writing period, recording period, demo period, um, you know, uh, recording album period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just one big beautiful mess mm. yeah um so again that 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 aided the ability to to continually go in and, and tweak and tinker mm. um and be influenced by everything you know mm. i mean um flyboy blue uh, as an example that was completely written by pop right and i you know not not because I couldn't not have my drums on it. Mm. I tried, you know, we were like, right, I'm going to go off and have a play with that. Mm. Cool. See if you can come up with, give us a mix without the drums. Great. And he did it on an old, uh, a really old um, drum machine, mm. uh, a, a rhythm ace, I think it was called. Right. One of the first ones. He was gone out of time and all sorts, but it sounded great. Yeah. And it's right for the track. I couldn't come up with anything better that we collectively as a, as a unit thought, yeah, you know, that, that's better. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't um, set on the idea of having it, every song needs to be acoustic drums and it, no, it, it was I mean, very shit, fluid. It, it, and we had five in the band, which was yeah. great because there was, there was always a deciding factor. And if it went your way, great. You know, you wouldn't be, you know, like that. It'd just be like, <laughs> Shit, you know, fine. But if it, 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 you know, if it went your way, great. If it didn't, great. You know. And and did that uh, remain true for 
for as you carried on writing and recording, <clears throat> excuse me, through the years, not just for your early stuff, but as you kind of progressed with the albums, were you? There was an element of it of it sort of narrowing slightly. That there was mm. an element of a of a of a sort of a funnel, right, happening. Um, you know, which I'll go into, but it, it, it mm. felt like that, that there was a little bit less band, more people involved. Yeah. You um, knew what it knew where it needed to kind of go and it wasn't as yeah. um, free spirited necessarily. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like that, even though the public perception was. Right. So, you know, um, that was one of many, many different reasons mm. why I, I, I wanted to sort of, sort of do one. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, looking back at the at the sort of the the, the drums, um, it's trying to, again, that sort of that idea of trying to fuck it up mm. and trying not to just, just put 30 mics up and just record, you know, you know, it, it, it's, it is the foundational instrument, but give a shit that, you know, it's made like that for a reason. There's different heads, there's different yeah. tunings, there's different woods, there's different snares, there's different symbols. It's like stack some shit, use a piece of wood. Um, I don't know. Um, there, there was one thing where we used a guitar. We, we tuned all all the strings to one note or octaves or something. Right. I don't know. I'm a drummer. I'm fucking yeah. <laughs> um, and we, we set a fan up in front of it. So the fan was on high power right. and it blew onto the strings and it made this fucking amazing noise just as a pad. <laughs> and we had to retune that fucking guitar for every chord change. <laughs> that's we were, we were, we that's, a, that's a lack of foresight in, i think in terms of what you wanted to achieve and going this is so artsy and creative this is going to be amazing and then you go thank oh, god shit. <laughs> thank god we didn't have social media or there was there was fucking i don't know what, what was the first thing that did facebook mm. that's the first thing might have been before that so thank god we didn't do that or else we'd be there all day trying to film it and put it in black and white yeah and but again it was that it was that hunting the sound it was mm. it was you know because it was our our job we could be indulgent mm. and why the fuck not yeah do you know what i mean um we didn't have to um go to work because we were at work yeah and i think that that is when i say it like that to to, to students it's like wow Shit. Okay, I really like to be in that position where I can devote all my time mm. yeah. to hunting sounds and and you know um, and, and 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 trying to uh, make. It's almost like synesthesia, isn't it? It is mm. it, trying to feel sound and make it yeah. tactile and make it and make it tangible. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, onto you. I get it. I get it. I, t I totally. And I, I mean, obviously not to the same degree, but I, I relate in terms of even with just touring and, and session work myself. Mm. That there's. I mean, I've had the conversation with a few other, well, multiple other musicians who've been in similar circumstances, and you all go, "There is nothing quite like that feeling of the moment when you realise you're at work 
and you're not working a day in your life. You you were sat there on a beach in Portugal getting ready to go and do your gig in the evening and then it comes the evening and you're playing to 400 and odd people and you go, I'm working. And that's the, there's nothing compares to that feeling. And, and I think that's probably the most inspiring thing for people to hear as well. You're not, you've not quite been in that position yet being like, trust me, keep working for it because it's the most rewarding thing you'll ever experience. Absolutely. And, you know, um, you'll be there on the side of the stage and, it, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's fucking two people or 200,000 people. Mm. doesn't matter. It, you know, if you can block out the bullshit and the noise and just think for the next... 20 minutes for the next 40 minutes for the next 50 minutes for the next hour for the next mm. hour and a half I'm at work yeah and it's, it's great <laughs> and it's 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 the best yeah you know I think you know when people ask me you know do you miss it and I'm mm. like you know it's the Charlie Watts kind of vibe isn't it mm. you know 20 years of waiting around and 5 years of actually playing yeah um, <laughs> but it, it is it is that it's that little bit before you go on um, and it's funny because um, there's a track that we always used to have as a as a as, a, as the last track before going on, mm. you know, leaving the dressing room. Uh, Thank you for talking to me, Africa, by Sly and the Family Stone. Right. Um, and it was just it came on randomly the other day on the car, um, <laughs> and it was just I was like that there. I was like. Time to go on stage. Oh no, I'm 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 going to the tip, or I'm well, you know I'm going I'm, I'm going yeah, to yeah, fucking yeah. Morrison's or something. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, Pavlov's dog oh. effect. You were hey, on straight back on it, yeah. Straight back on it. I was just like, where's my ears? Where's my ears? Where's my... Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a I think that's a good note for us to leave for a break, uh, and then we'll come back. And I've definitely got a few more important things I desperately want to ask you. What's up? We are back in the Sundog Social Podcast and we are here with Rick Jupp. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Um, we're going to, and probably more for your sake, I think you'll be happy that we're not going to talk about Elbow for another... It's fine, man. Only because I know you will have talked about it multiple times and I know you've also got much more interesting things going on at the moment for you as well as moving house. <laughs> um, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So the thing that we, we talked about this prior to the interview is your involvement with music therapy and obviously you do tuition standard, but also your, your experience and knowledge in music therapy and your involvement with the National Autistic Society. 
And and it, I think you also mentioned it was the autistic sort of research arm of Cambridge as well that you were familiar with. Um, and I just, I kind of wanted to leave that as an open-ended question. Tell me about mm. your experience, what you've learned and why you got into it sort of thing. So um, my son Dylan, uh, he uh, is on the autistic spectrum, uh, high functioning. Um, and while I was prattling about the world being a, a, a rock star, um, Sarah, my, uh, my wife, um, was battling left, right and centre for um, the help and support for Dylan. And this was kind of early days when it was, uh, he was told he was a naughty child uh, at primary school. Again, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, creatives, creative people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes, you know, uh, uh, all STEM as well. Um, so it's, it, it, it wasn't as, as, as sort of widely recognised or familiar to many of the older teachers uh, mm-hmm. at the time um so that kind of it was always a bit latent it was always because i was you know fanning her out again being a rock being a rock star who do i think i am kind of vibe um and sarah was was very much which you know more in tune with with that side of things and trying to do a lot of research and how we can help and again, it was, it, you know, Dylan was very creative. Um, and obviously with with his dad being a drummer, you know, um, took him down as much as I could to rehearsals, just took, took him down when we weren't in there, just to mm. let him have a bash. You know, all kids love to make noise. Mm. Um, and, I've, and, and that has, has really sort of informed what, you know, how I see the, the therapeutic side of anything creative, but obviously with, with, with drums, uh, especially music, but, but mm. essentially with drums. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, again, I'm kind of winging it. Um, I wanted to do for my PG a, a, a lot more uh, a, a sort of research, more based in, in the practical elements of, of uh, neurology and how the brain works and, and how we remember stuff, how we learn, how we teach ourselves, how we recall, all these kind of things. So muscle memory, there isn't any because muscles don't have any neurons in them. Yeah. So they can't store memory. Um, so it's all in here and, and that sort of... Um, um, uh, enlarging that map of, of accessibility. So what I try and do is more coordination based. Mm. I don't read, you know, I don't do grades. I, I kind of don't agree with them a little bit, mm. but that's not very good f- as a business to say. No, but I agree with there, you. There's a, there's, there's a need for them and, and, and they do do a lot, mm. but essentially I think it's an objective thing. It's what other people want for their yes. students rather than what the student needs. needs. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that is another podcast in, its, in, its, <laughs> yeah, in itself. Yep. Uh, so, you know, I get a lot of students who come to me after doing grades and go, and go, I fucking, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't like it. But I really, lo- I really love it. Can I love it? Can I just play whatever I want? And it's like, well, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. Of course you can. So um, it's quite interesting in the fact that that has led me to the sort of therapy side of thing. But um, in terms of the NAS, mm. that's kind of, um, it, it, that's like a, a little bit, because oh, they need high-profile people. I'm not very high-profile now. And that's what they need. You know, I'm mm, still in yeah. contact with, with, with quite a few and, you know, retweets and thumbs up and, and, and this, that, and the other. And anything that I do get involved with, I'll get involved with. Um, mm. And the same with the ART, which is Autism Research Trust, which is led by, uh, it was actually Sasha Baron Cohen's brother, mm. uh, Simon, Simon Baron Cohen. Um, and they've got a new facility they built um, uh, as part of Cambridge University's research wing into what is autism right what is Asperger's what is this AS spectrum and how can we understand where people sit because everybody sits everybody has traits everybody yep. has little foibles which is what makes it so beautiful <laughs> exactly yes you know, yes um, yes definitely so you know um, and he used to say that, that, that you would think somebody would have it's like, again Dylan to look at him no but then there's elements where you know people get stressed in certain situations mm. an overload of information might not be as it might just be who they are mm. so it's how do we distinguish this mm. and obviously when you have an ability to communicate other than verbally which means it could be through numbers it could mm. be through uh, formula it could be through music it could be through fucking pottery it could be through painting could be through anything mm, mm. and it's like if that's an ability to communicate then it should be embraced um so again with the coordination aspect it's giving the student the tools to communicate mm. so that if they hear something oh well that means that if, I, if that's, that's that's an eighth note okay right so we do subdivisions Mm. That's an eighth. And dip, 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 dip. Okay, so so the kick is on the one and the three, and then the snare's on the two and four. Oh, yeah, and that light bulb so, comes on then, and it's yeah. boom. And then it's like, well, if I think of a sixteenth note subdivision, I can put the snare on the ah of two, and then that that means that's a little bit of syncopation going on. That means it's a bit more groovy. Mm. Groovy, kill me. Honestly, I've said, I said it the other week and somebody picked me up on it. I am old. I'm Radio so. 1 DJ from the 60s. Groovy. Groovy. Um, you should bleep that out. We should, okay. we should yeah, I will. I'll get the bleep noise just for that word, yeah. Um, but it, it's got space, it's got feel, it's got space. Yeah. Um, and this, again, it, it's, it, it, it's two-handed in, in, in the, the students I have that might, that do have, uh, well, are on the AS, mm. might have, and those who, who don't, it, they all just, fuck it, it's just, it's a way to communicate, and it's a way that makes me feel good. Mm. Uh, it's it's funny as well, because um, uh, Sarah, she, she um, she teaches yoga, but not the Instagram yoga, not the fucking sat on a rock in Costa Rica kind of shit. <laughs> it's actually the, the good stuff. It's proper yoga. <laughs> proper. 
Uh, Organic yoga. (laughs) So very much uh, uh, about the breath, relaxation, and restorative yoga. Um, And she's a counsellor as well, which which is great. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, I think I looked out there. Um, Yeah. She's she's also very beautiful. There you go. There you go. Um, There you get that one in there. So, um, yeah. So uh, she's doing her master's at the minute uh, in advanced psychotherapy and she's her module at the minute is about the creative industries mm. and that in itself is, is is a therapy which can be self-administered so yeah doing something that makes you feel good mm. you know uh and not you know fucking taking you know not stupid shit you know, learning a musical instrument, yeah. having a midlife crisis, that's yeah. you know, going out and buying a mo- fucking motorbike and, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, playing the drums. But I know for a fact that, that that my students of any age, you know, I've got students that are five and all we do is sit and we, and we, we can look at funny cat videos and then we'll just do a little bit of playing and then mm. we'll play some music and then we'll... We'll not do it, you know, we'll not sit down and have to play a fucking paradiddle. Mm. It's about being expressive. Yeah. And I think the drums it being one of the oldest forms of long-distance communication, i.e. bashing on a tree trunk. And, it, it, you know, it, it, it's not far removed from what we do now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? What we try and do is, is support the other elements, create a framework for them to work in and around. And if we can do that in a way that is that gets people to nod. It's got to be fucking thumbs up. So, you know, um, in, in terms of all that, it, it all sort of kind of knits together. I'd love to do more research. It, it, it fucking pained me to do my PG cert. It, mm. it, it's just horrible because I've never done it. I've never done any sort of academic <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, but I would love to do more research in that area in terms of, how we're able to communicate through music, through any anything creative, yeah. you know, and how the brain works. There's, I mean, there's there's, there's tons of books that that I love. Um, one of the, I mean, uh, Dave Elitch, you know, Dave yeah, 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 of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Mars Volta, Mars Volta fame. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, phenomenal. And and we've talked, I mean, he, he, we sort of send horrific shit to each other, um, <laughs> you know, over Instagram and stuff. Um, but he's, he's a beautiful, beautiful man. And, you know, he sort of, he looked at it first in terms of the physiology the, the the ergonomics of of drumming and um, you know how you listen, how you interpret, how you recall what the brain's doing, breathing, the breath, oxygen, mm. all that kind of stuff, posture, and it, it rang a, a, a huge uh, a huge bell for me, and that's what I try and do with with all my students. And again, it's you know it's something that isn't necessarily de rigueur do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it, it's like you know fuck it who gives a shit whether you can do Swiss triplets doesn't where matter it? Yeah. where are you going to put it it's great to know them 
great to pull them out once in a while, but you might fuck it up. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's that whole thing of, <clears throat> excuse me, that whole thing of connecting the, the communication with the music is something that I'm sure as it is for you and for your son, for me is like, it's the most instinctive thing more than my actual language communication. Mm. That physical connection that you have, say, just even as a drummer with your instrument is, and, and what you're putting out into the rest of the room and how you can communicate emotions with people through your drums and, and, and things that you can almost say to someone else in the room, go, yes, yes. And I did that and I told you I was going to say that as well. And and that is something that um, is magical. And when you, for instance, when I was in some of my lowest points or struggling with my own sort of like AS and um, yeah. stuff and then also just general anxieties and stuff, getting back behind that kit and, and having that conversation with it and letting it speak to you and... I'm feeling you feel it physically, obviously, but it's yeah. it's in there. It, it definitely changes your outlook on things when you, for even just for five minutes, and it, it feels like home. Yeah, yeah. Even if you've had those days where you where you think, I never want to play drums again. This is shit. This is the worst instrument. It's shit. I'm giving up. I can't be asked. Too heavy. Uh, I don't want to carry it in the back of the car yeah. anymore. And you sit on it the next day and you go, Why did I even think that? I'm in love, you know, um, not to get too corny about it, but relating it to what you're saying about the whole, the, the, it's, it's affect music and music therapy. And especially with drumming, it's effect on your mental health is something that I think is obviously understood and researched, but needs to be discussed more. Mm. I mean, you know, doing the, um, uh, mental health first aider mm. course, um, you know, there, there was a, there's a, 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 a charity called uh, Hummingbird, a uh, guy called Ian, who um, the, the, there's a, a few other people in, involved, obviously, but Ian was was my, uh, or is, uh, is my uh, port of call. And, you know, music saving lives, and he provides the mental health first aid course. It's a different one than I did. Mm. But in terms of, of allowing people to become just a little bit more aware of, of you know, not just putting a tune on. Mm. It's it's not understanding. I mean, again, fucking hell, it's Tuesday. Let's not get bogged <laughs> down in it. But yeah, it, no, of course. It's like, you know, tune, music, makes you feel good, great, fine. That's it. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, we can look into the into the sort of um, neurology of it and, and, and think why are these endorphins kicking off? Um, you know, um, I mean, early on, um, newborn, uh, one of the tracks that we did, one of the first tracks that we released. Mm. You know, we had a, a letter. It was that long ago. It was a fucking letter. It <laughs> um, wasn't even an email. <laughs> um, no fax machine. <laughs> Before that, man, yeah. Jesus, I yeah. am old. Um, but this, the, the, the couple, um, a woman had a, a stillbirth, and and she got hold of the tune, and 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 it, it helped in in a small way, uh, and uh, with a, a grieving process and the couple's grieving process, mm. and it was just like you know, 
fucking hell, well, that's ridiculous, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, anything from now on, I remember thinking, and we discussed this. Yeah. Even, you know, because we were fucking stoned half the time. But I remember <laughs> we, we discussed this and we said, well, shit, we kind of, that's the point, isn't it? You've done it, yeah. We've done it, you know what I mean? And anything from here is a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then obviously the, you know, monetary greed, uh, lifestyle, uh, drugs and booze took over. And that mm. was the, you know, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just trying to balance it. But I think, yeah. you know, when somebody no, no, no. says that about something that you created, you, it's a bit, what? Mm. It's a bit crazy. But it was it a is. beautiful thing. That is, that is, it's very profound. I've, I've had a, I've shared a similar experience. I've released an album with my friend and we just sort of stuck it online, thought nothing of it. And it was like, cool, post-rock album. He was asked. Um, and the YouTube channel where post-rock dwells, they were like, this is cool. We'll put that on our page. Like, sound, fine. Like, we just, we just right. did it for a bit of fun. That's nice of you. Thank you very much. And one of the comments in it, it got like 10,000 views out of nowhere. And we were like, what the fuck? And one of the comments on it, it hasn't gone up since. It just, it, it got to like 10,000, <laughs> stopped. And we're like, oh, cool. But one of the comments oh. was um, this music, like it was something along the lines of this music makes me truly feel like I'm now alive and that wow. my life is better for hearing it. And we just wrote that shit because we were like, it means nothing. We, were, we got absolutely hammered and we wrote a post-rock album playing Spyro, the video game. And we put that out, and for someone to say their life's changed because of one of the songs, it's just like, I don't need to achieve anything else. I don't care about anything else anymore. It is, and, so and, and, you know, and not to sort of bring it back to a personal level for us, like, oh, look what, you know, look how we've changed lives. But no, I, I, that, no, that's, that, no. that's that connection that we're talking about with music and how it can shape your mental health. Well, we, well, we have to process, you know, the, 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 the counsellors have to get counselled. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You need you need to sort of talk to somebody, and it, and if you can talk to a fellow musician who understands that and who and who has had that experience, then yeah, yeah, you, you're not coming at it from look at me. You know, mm. I've I've changed three hundred seventy five lives. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You've already yeah. done two hundred. You're not Princess uh, Diana, like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I had my moments um, yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, I don't know. Um, it, it, one clap is a loud clap. And if mm. you can if you can understand that it doesn't matter, um, but you don't say it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You just, you keep that one. You yeah. can keep that one for yourself or between yourselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it, you know, it, yeah, you don't need to sort of advertise the fact, even though I've just said on it. No, of, co of course, but, you know, we're relaying it to the uh, the topic at hand, the, the, the mm. mental health connection. So it's, and I don't feel like we're boasting too much. And you, I suppose you do feel cautious of whenever you, it come, you kind of have to bring it up in a conversation because the conversation feels right. And you kind of say it and you go, yeah, oh, exactly. I'm not being like, I don't mean to be a I'm prick. Not being a like, <laughs> like, I'm just yeah. like, it's, it's amazing what music can do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Special, a very, very special thing that, whatever it does that makes us tick even as and especially for non-musicians you know the consumers when you see something 
sort of changing how someone's feeling with just music. Because we sit there and we go, oh, yeah, well, he's playing minor seven, flat five, blah, blah, blah. And he just did a purdy shuffle or whatever the fuck, you know. did. And so we don't really sit there and think about it. And then, you know, when you take that sort of experience to a workshop group for people who have a disability or anxiety issues or things like that, that's your consumer then. And then you see that product in effect. And, and that's, um, that's my... It's weird because, it, you know, you, 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 I mean, shit, you know, one day like this and you, and you look out and you see people doing that and you've played it 5,000 times before and you love the track, do you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, but, you know, there's those odd times and you think, you know, I'm not quite connected tonight or whatever, you know, if you're on tour and you're eight weeks deep mm. and, and, you know, you've got family back home and you, and you, and whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not quite in the, in that, in that moment. Oh, you've had one too many Jamesons. But, yeah. You know, <laughs> just um, a bit cut. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just a little bit. Uh, and yeah, and then you, but you, you, you look out and you see somebody who's, who's fucking having it. Do you know what I mean? Arms in the air. Um, singing the heart out and it's it's resonated with them and you just think you've just got to wind your fucking neck in wow that's amazing these these people pay for the record for the t-shirt what they're doing is is enabling you to carry on doing what you're good at mm. And to also funnel it into into these the, these areas that, that that we've just been talking about in yeah. terms of you know mental health, in terms of of um, um, uh, 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 a, a safe place where people can you know not be judged or be judgmental, mm. you know, um, with all the shit that gets banded about today. Fucking hell, it, it, um, it's just horrendous. Um, well, we're in a public lynching society with social media, you know, it's it's the, the same thing as putting someone in the stocks and yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, tomatoes, absolutely, it? man, absolutely. And it's just, you know, fuck off. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's just, I, it, it, it riles me when I, when I see that stuff. Mm. You know, if somebody's gone, well, I've had this today. And it's like, uh, you know, how how dare you do that? Mm. You know. Um, but yeah. then that person has put a tune on and they've gone, they've actually been able to either deal, you know, deal with it or, 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 or process it or... Just get away from it. it out or just put some fucking death metal on or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And rage it out. That's why I love the drums. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, it's <laughs> cathartic more than any other instrument as well. Oh, it's, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's impossible to explain until you give someone a pair of sticks who's never played drums go, hit that. What? And they hit go, it. oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But go. just make sure you get yourself a car to carry it around because that bit's shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That bit's really shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is the shit bit. But, you know, if you want to do it, you'll do it. You'll do it, exactly. Well, I think that is brought us to a lovely conclusion because that is everything 
and more I wanted to talk about, although I'll probably have to drag you out for a pint at some point to finish other parts of these conversations, <laughs> yeah. finish the tangents that we go on to there. Um, yeah, sorry, man. I'm, yeah, I do. No, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. That's absolutely what this is about. There's no filter. The only editing I do is to try and get it down to an hour, and that's it. <laughs> that's all I do. So there's no, there's no, yeah. Um, so to tie it off where can people find you what are you doing at the moment that people can get involved with in terms of your teaching where can people find all this information your handles um, and stuff? the handles at jup elbow on twitter and uh instagram uh com is the website i'm sort of going through that phase of right i need to sort of revamp it and have a look at it um it's been quite sort of dormant but it's 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 good to have and richardjubhotmail.com if you want to do some one-to-ones. And, yeah, I'm currently in the, in the stage of building an, another shed, posh shed, <laughs> studio kind of a... Man cave. Uh, man cave. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I've got a place uh, in Stockport at the minute at Hallam Mill. So that's sort of, that's where I'm sort of working out of uh, at the minute. Um, sessions wise, um, there's a few little bits that, that, are, that are in, in the works. Um, and then hopefully as, as more things open up, you know, you never know, I might, uh, I might do some more gigs, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yes. It's, it, I'm, 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 I'm pretty blessed, man. Um, yeah. and I'm sure, you know, my family, haven't kicked me out yet because um, <laughs> I've not been on tour for sort of six years. Yes. <laughs> so they've had to deal with me day by day. So, you know, bless them. They wanted you back and then they realised, oh, hang on. Well, every day? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. We, we didn't think oh. you were serious. Oh, oh right. Okay. But there's, there's a spare room anyway. Is that it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much, Rick. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you, to have you on here. Um, and yeah, I um, look forward to hearing more of what you're doing in the future. But obviously, I guess we can't know, but we'll keep an eye out for it. And, uh, Mate, honestly, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting to you. Um, and uh, I'm loving what you guys are doing at Sundog. Thank uh, you so yeah, much. Keep at it. There's a home, my neighbor.